36 years of basketball knowledge and life skills. Your host, Coach Goins, focuses on today's topics on and off the court, helping players and coaches achieve their goals. So get ready for another fast break episode of Basketball More Than a Game with your host, Coach Goins. Hey, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another fantastic edition of Basketball is More Than a Game, and I'm your host, Coach Goins. Listen, I am not in the gym, and I'm not in the studio. We are at Victory Worship Center, which is located in Stanton, Virginia. So we definitely want to thank uh, Pastor Ray for allowing us to, to come out and occupy a little bit of space and time. But today, we are so excited, and as we always say, make sure you have your sneakers on, you got them laced up tight, because we have none other than Aaron Eppert in our studios with us today. Aaron, welcome to basketball more than the game. Yes, sir. Coach Goins, thanks for having me on. It's, uh, I feel like I'm at home, kind of. I've probably spent more time here at church than I have anywhere else here, but thank you, you, sir. Yes, sir. Not a problem. So, again, for those that you don't know, the Aaron Eppert is the uh, oldest son of Pastor Ray and Liz Eppert. Uh, Pastor Ray is senior pastor here at Victory Worship Center. So, with that being said, as we always say, time is money and money is time. And Aaron is a very, 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 very busy uh, young man, a college student, college athlete. So, again, we certainly going to tap into that, uh, what he brings to the table today on this episode. So as we always say, uh, we've got two segments and those two segments are called Fast Break and then we move into In the Paint. So with that, we're just going to go get right down in the uh, deep woods with this. So in the first question we've got for you, Aaron, what advice would you have players in today's game that want to get into sports? Uh, as far as wanting to get into sports, um, I think the first thing is knowing what you're getting into. Um, there's a lot of times, a lot of kids, and especially no matter what level you're, you're going into, there's an expectation of, of being great right away. Um, I don't know if that's a society thing or just natural hope, natural wanting to do that. Um, I think allowing things that take time, I think that's something that a, a lot of people I know that if looking back on my time getting into sports at different levels, I think allowing things that take time more, um, allowing yourself to develop and being open to learn. Because um, a lot of times we think the way we're doing things fundamentally is correct, and then we get there, and we, it's not working. I understand. And we don't want to learn. We want to be a little bit open to some information from different people. So you you see why he's on the show, right, folks? Because, number one, he's dropping dimes already with the very, very first question. And that's the most important thing. And, and that's why, again, it's not it's, – as we – the show is entitled Basketball More in the Game, but it's more than that. It's more than, more than just basketball. It's about the life skills, the life lessons. So Aaron's just calling out, you know, it's a process. You know, you got to make sure that you're ready to dial it in and ready to be able to be number one coachable. So with that, in today's high school, and again, I know you're a college guy, college athlete, and, and you go back to uh, some of the high school games. What do you think a high school athlete should focus in on prior to their season starting? Um, prior to the, to the season, uh, conditioning level is the biggest thing, no matter what sport you're playing in. Um, being as conditioned as, as you can. Um, Reading John Wooden's book uh, *Pyramid of Success*, he talked a lot about how he would he would he didn't he changed his mindset from going being as conditioned as more than the other guy to being as conditioned as he could be. I think my training wise going into the season with that aspect, not that I'm I'm training against other people, I'm more right. so training to be the best that I can be. You know, yes, sir. Michael Jordan always talked about he wanted to beat him from yesterday, he wanted to beat him tomorrow. So I'm training against myself, and athletes can be training against themselves. Um, it's it comes down to what do you want out of it. And really, what do you want to go after? I think your, your priorities are going to show up with your action. 
So I think your conditioning level impacts everything you do. So I think that would be the most important thing. So, folks, again, uh, young fellas, turn off the PlayStation and the Xbox <laughs> and, and get out and take it from somebody that is ablaze the trail and that is on the trail. So with that, uh, you know, the, the focus point, you know, prior to the season, you can't wait till uh, October 1st. Uh, can't wait to the first time to put the mitt on the glove and step out there and think you're going to be ready to go. So with that, you know, I move into the next question. Summertime, you know, a lot of times, you know, players and, and kind of piggybacks off of that last question, you know, they don't want to put their, their discipline in. So, Aaron, you know, we, I know you talked a little bit about um, the discipline as it, as it relates to getting prepared uh, for the season. But what's that? Let's, let's kind of drill down on that from a development. What do you think from a development stage does a uh, player need to work on in the summertime? Uh, to be honest, especially when I was in high school, I loved the summer because you don't have class. So right. like literally, I mean, some people work, whether you work or not, sure. you have a lot more hours in your day to That's get better at whatever you're wanting to do. So I structured a lot of my hours towards whether we had workouts with team and different stuff. So I would typically practice every sport okay. at least four times in a week on my own outside of what we had to do as a team training in the summer. Um, I think especially in college, as you, if, depending on if you're a multi-sport or if you just play one sport, um, I just did one sport in baseball. Right. Um, you can play. There's a lot of different leagues. A lot of it, you, as, that's your opportunity to focus on what you want to focus on. A lot of times you'll have your, your coach or a different, your trainer will give you different advice about some different things to work on. That's your time to get better where it really comes down on you because you're not with your, you're not with your guys all the time. You're not with your coach all the time forcing you. That's where it kind of it shows up what you want. You know, and, and think about it, folks. As Aaron just called that out, your, your coach basically kind of almost gives you an outline, if you will, uh, and then then the ownership. You know, a lot of times, and that's where a lot of you know parents, I might have to call you out a little bit here, you know, a lot of times you, we want to put the burden on the coach. A coach can't play every player that's not ready to go. You know, and, and what Aaron's calling out is what has that player done on an individual level, individual workouts. Uh, so collectively that individual workout comes together with a body of work. Uh, and establishes uh, much, much emphasis uh, as it relates to, from the team aspect. So with that, as we said, you know, Aaron's playing, you know, college baseball. He's and 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 in that process, he's got to attend the class, and then he's got to be just a regular college student. So Aaron, just share with our listening audience how do you balance that from the academics piece, the time that you put on the uh, on the baseball field, as well as uh, when you're not doing. When you're not with the team and you're just a college student, so if you'll just kind of share your experiences. Yeah, uh, well, with your regardless if we are with uh, NJCAA, that's a junior college level, or NCAA or uh, NAIA, the different levels in college. Uh, your freshman year, you're gonna have to put in study hall hours, is what they do. I know with NCAA, I had to do six hours um, a week, wow. and that's that's sanctioned. We had ours at, at Liberty, was at the FOC there in, in the uh, football uh, field house there. So that kind of forces you to kind of structure there your freshman year, kind of balancing class and kind of making it a priority mm-hmm. to take care of things. Um, that kind of taught me, see, a lot of times I didn't need six hours in a week right. to do some of the work. And <laughs> I can understand. I, you know, I don't have to say anything now, but, <laughs> but you wouldn't do your work. You'd just be sitting there kind of just because you've been done. Um, I think it teaches you when to do it, when to take care of it. You realize a lot, and especially when it comes to taking different classes. Some of your courses are going to be harder than others. Right. Um, not taking those during your in-season time because that's regardless of what you think, your mind is going to be on your, your on your games, and you want it to be on that as best as you can. So I think understanding the balance, understanding yourself. I think self-awareness is big and time management. I think that's it's kind of big in everything you do. Sure it is. Sure but it is. But just understanding that each thing has its place, and you 
put that place there, and you put your all into that place when you're there. Excellent. So, folks, uh, as you, listen to what he called out, time management, uh, and then working and, and work making sure your schedule's set up when you're not in the meat of your sports, you're able to, to, to shuffle or make sure that you take that class when it's not when you're not in the thick of things. Because as he says, you know, typically your mind will be where uh, your passion is, and that uh, if it's baseball, if it's basketball, uh, doing those particular you know times of the year, you want to make sure that you take a lighter load uh, academic wise to make sure that you stay eligible. So with that, let's just kind of piggyback into this next question. I, I've known Aaron, I, I think maybe a little, almost twelve years, a little over twelve years. He's very passionate. Uh, he puts everything that he has in everything that he does. So with that, Aaron, talk about how do you is is that something that a person can can work toward? But how do you be how do you become passionate in a particular sport? I think really it becomes it becomes habit. Okay. Um, if you want something, you either want it or you don't. It's there's a difference between dreaming and going after it. I think you know. I think being there's you look at a dream. You can daydream. Or you can dream when you sleep. There's two different <laughs> things. You're awake and you're asleep with one of them. Um, I think going after something that's that's where it comes out. I think when you're actually truly passionate about something, when you find what you're passionate about, I think it's it's gonna show up. Um, no matter what I'm gonna do, no matter what I choose, whether it's going into my my career and different stuff like that. I have a base level of passion for different things that I'm going to do. My passion might not necessarily be playing baseball because I like to, to throw the ball. There's a different there's a different side to it. What drives that passion in playing sports, no matter what sport you're playing. So my my different thing is it provides a platform with doing things, provides different opportunities. Like we're sitting here right now, it's a different opportunity that baseball has provided for me. Playing different sports has provided for me. So that's I think the opportunity that playing sports provides. I think that's my passion because I. I I know where it leads. I know what I can do with it. And I know what it allows me to meet. Um, so I think just taking that over there, I think it, it comes down to who you are as a person, who you want to be as a person. Um, a lot of people, especially in in faith and in Christian Christian sects, mm-hmm. there they, they talk about how God is always watching, kind of thing. I think I mean that's it's you know true, I guess in a, in a sense, and it's it's kind of cliche. But the thing I've always I've always tried to look at is me tomorrow, me ten years, me twenty years that is watching me now. So whatever moment, every every single day, you're building a moment, and the quality of the work that you put in determines the quality of the moment that you're creating. So whatever I wanted, whatever I wanted to be, whether it was with baseball, whether it was when I'm 55, whether it's when I'm 70 and retired and chilling on the beach, however I want that moment to be, I'm building it today. When I'm 21, I was building it when I was 13, when I was running sleds in my front yard. I'm creating that because I'm creating a habit. I think that's where the passion lies, understanding perspective, understanding how it all fits into one piece and everything comes full circle. You see, folks, you know what? It, it, you know, some, think, some people think I have an easy job, but uh, I've just been blessed to be able to be around the top quality folks. And, and as again, as Aaron continues to drop these down, precept after precept, basically, you know, growing his goals. You know, he knows what he wants to do. He knows every step that he takes. Uh, layers the next uh, the next benefit the next reward uh, the next assignment so he's just again tr- tremendous tremendous young man uh, it's an honor and privilege that we have him on the show and it's just an honor that uh, that he's able to stop and, and shed a little insight for for our folks today so with that being said Aaron what has been the most great and let me back up last this way the most rewarding achievement in sports whether it has been at the high school level or your current college career mm. I've never actually really thought about it. Um, wow, that's a. Whew. That's all right. That's all right. Team team wise, I think the the biggest team achievement I've ever made um, was winning a championship in a, in a summer league. Okay. I've never won uh, collegiately. I've never won a championship. Um, I've set a lot of team records as far as most wins. 
um, different things in the season, but we've never, I've never had the chance to win a collegiate or even high school win a state championship or anything like that. Um, hmm. I think really just being in, involved with some different different guys that I've I've been able to play with. I think those that have went on they're on their way to making it at the big time. Whether okay. it's in the MLB playing with those different guys, those mm-hmm. are some of my my favorite achievements. I think when I look back, really my my playing time, a lot of it comes down to relationships that I've made. Not necessarily. I don't think about like, oh yeah, that time like I walked that guy or right. struck that guy out. I understand totally. When I when I think about it, I think about different guys that you know hanging out, different trips we took, different you know road trips on the on the bus. When I took an airport shuttle, different places, and when I took a a charter bus, you know the different different levels or school bus, different things like that. It's a lot of a lot of my favorite. I don't want to necessarily call them achievements, but favorite memories have been relationships that I've built with different different guys and even girls in sports growing up. You know, and, and that's why, you know, a lot of people don't understand is, you know, when you look at our title, more than the game, because, you know, sports is just more than the game. You know, whether it's football or track or, you know, cross country, it's, you know, Aaron is exactly right. It's about the relationships. I had the opportunity to talk to one of my former high school teammates last night, and we were very close, and I saw him when I was at the Final Four in Phoenix. And it's about the relationship. You know, we don't talk about, hey, man, you remember that you double dribbled or, or you fouled or you walked or you hit a kid with a pitch. It's about the relationships. You know, Aaron, Aaron has hit it right on the head. So with that, that'll kind of lead us right into our segment uh, of the podcast in which we title In the Paint. Um, basically, what we what we've asked Aaron to do there in the fast break session is just you know give those nuggets of you know what's made him successful. So now what we're going to do is kind of start doing a little deeper dive into what's made him successful. You know, a lot of times people think you know only people well you know, it, it just lands in people's laps. Uh, well, you know, just beg to differ there. Uh, it's about the work that a person puts in. So with that, as we jump into uh, in the paint section uh, of the podcast, the first question we've got for Aaron as a player: How do you plan on improving? year after year I think there's a lot of different ways looking you can look statistically um, that's that's kind of tough because you, you can't really control stats mm-hmm. especially especially in baseball especially as a pitcher because you're throwing the ball to someone for them to hit it I think that's that's a tough way of looking at it it's tough on yourself to do um, I think improving year to year a lot of it comes down to like what I mentioned before would be self-awareness um, listening to other people people you trust people that have have knowledge about what you're doing um, taking in their advice and seeing what you need to improve on. Um, that's the biggest thing. And then a lot of it comes down to research, finding out. A lot of times when I would take time off, I would spend maybe two or three weeks just looking over different stuff, different aspects of the game to to learn about it, what I needed to improve on, see where I was weak at it. Because a lot of times you're not just weak in the, in the whole thing. There's something you got a part of it that's right. Um, just finding out where that actual point of weakness weakness is and kind of developing it from there. Um a lot of it can come down to your health. Okay. Um, going in, I've I've had a lot of injuries here lately, especially in college. That's kind of been my biggest hindrance. Um, staying healthy, uh, keeping your body correct. You see a lot of guys when they when they come into the season, you'll see a lot of guys. They'll start showing off their stuff week one, right. and then week two they're cramping up, or week two they're sitting in the training room because their their hamstrings are tight or they got something wrong with their arms because they didn't put in the work. Um, so improving your health and uh, the longevity of your of your body of your health there. Um, Things that you can control, I think, is the main focus because it, it varies from sport to sport. I understand, right? Um, focusing on things that you can control is is the biggest thing. Um, I think right now, moving forward, I'm I'm transitioning. Actually, I just finished up what will be my last uh, collegiate season. I got injured again this past year after having I tore my ACL and I ended up having reconstruction surgery with that. I got back and ended up hurting my arm twice in the season. 
Um, so I'm, I'm finishing up there and transitioning into a little bit of a different phase. So right now my, my focus is, is transitioning into how I have long-term health right. um, throughout the rest of my life and taking what my experiences are as an athlete into the rest of my life. How about that? Folks, again, that, you, you see why he's on the show, right? We, we just don't have anybody you know, just walking down the street and, and drop in uh, to, to share that, uh, again, life knowledge, life skills. Uh, and so folks on and off the uh, court of the baseball field, uh, we'll just you know we're here to impact and make a difference. So Aaron is just laying it down for us. So with that, Aaron, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, how that has affected your life as it relates to sports. Uh, like I said, I've, I've known Aaron for uh, almost a little bit over twelve years, and uh, just a little background here. Aaron and I, we have we had, together we have made some pretty awesome uh, ball games, uh, whether it's baseball or whether it's uh, following those Blue Devils. Uh, as they come in and storm the storm the life of of, of these uh, Virginia Tech Hokies, as well as them Cavaliers over there in Charlottesville. But with that being said, Aaron, how has sports affected your life personally? Well, I'll say up until this point, it's been my life uh, <laughs> pretty much 100 percent of the time. I mean, anytime we took a a vacation, it wasn't really a vacation. I was like, well, where's the where's the furthest tournament this year, this summer? And that was kind of the thing. Um, sports, I'm I'm really starting to see it now in this transition just how much of a role it's played in my life so far and how much it's going to play a role. Um, it's kind of mind-boggling, to be honest. When I, when I consider a lot of the, the relationships that I've built and the connections that I've made, when Correct. even things that are outside of sports, a lot of it come back to because of sports. Yes. Um, really just, just basing my experiences, learning on new things. I think a lot of times, a lot of athletes, and that's something I'm, I'm becoming passionate about, is a lot of athletes think when they're done with their sport, there's nothing there. There's nothing left. It's kind of what, what is left of me. This is all I do is play sports. Okay. Um, there's a lot of things we're not, we feel like we're not prepared for. But I think in life, you have these experiences that you're, you're ready for. You just don't know it. Uh, you use what you've done, whether it's conditioning, whether it's a different game. There's different situations that you got to have in, in some sort. It's, it's almost like a vacuum that you got to mm-hmm. learn these different things. You just didn't realize it because you didn't relate a 2-0 count to this situation in life with your finances. You right. didn't relate this different stuff. You just didn't, you didn't know it. Yes, sir. Um, so it's, a lot of it's applying what I didn't realize I knew, <laughs> to be honest. You know, so, so as we said, you know, and that's the thing, and you know, as he's transitioning, I just appreciate his you know, just open and honesty about that and sharing that with us. You know, a lot of times, you know, people really struggle with that. You know, when, when after the cheering stops, as I call it, you know, what do I do? How do I transition? Because it's not the, it's not the, it's not Aaron the athlete who's made Aaron who he is. You know, it's what he's done in that process uh, and, and and to work uh, toward that uh, for him to become the man that he is. So with that, here's another question. Again, as we call it, in the paint. So that means, you know what, he can hang out a little bit more than three seconds because we're not going to blow the whistle on him. We just want him to, to work on, uh, get down in it and just, you know, we'll just con- continue to, to peel it back and, and just allow that transparency to, to shine through. So with that, when you're not working your craft, what, what does Aaron do when he's not working his craft? Whew. Um, probably eating. <laughs> um, I guess that still kind of counts as working your craft if you're doing it right. Um, I don't know. I've I've gotten into a lot of different outdoors things um, as far as hiking. I've I've picked up reading a lot here this within the last year or two. Um, reading different books. I, my major is financial planning, so I read a lot of different things with that okay. and keep up with a lot of different things with that. I'm um, just trying to learn as much as I can there, especially now going into that. Um, really, whatever kind of comes up, I, I'm. I can be fairly spontaneous, especially if you ask my parents with different things. <laughs> There's um, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> nothing wrong with being on the fly at times. So a lot of a lot of different things outside. I like to be outdoors. Um, pretty much anything with that, whether it's working outside, whether it's just 
walking outside. I, I like to be outside. Cool. All right. So with that, let's kind of go ahead. You know, how, how can we how can we have a show? Basketball is more in the game and not talk about basketball. Yeah. So with that, I know he's a big time uh, Duke Blue Devil <laughs> fan. Uh, and like I said earlier, he and I have had the you know, awesome opportunity to, to hang out together and, uh, and go to some Duke games. So with that being said, let, let's talk a little bit about that transition at Duke. You know, Coach K always had basically four four guys, well, excuse me, five guys, but most of those guys stayed in school for their entire career. Mm-hmm. Now it's almost we've seen a little bit of the one-and-done carousel. So what is your – give us Aaron Eppert's uh, definition of a college basketball player or your aspect of the college game with the one-and-done fellas. I don't have anything wrong with it one and done. I think a lot of a lot of people uh, go against it and kind of attack it a little bit. It's it's their it's that kid's life. Like they if they don't want to finish out their four years, they don't have to. People do it all the time as a regular student. I think uh, the biggest thing NCA focuses on is that the an athlete, a student athlete, has to have the same privileges that a student has, and a student has to have the same privileges that a student athlete wow. can have as far as opportunity. I think if a student has the opportunity to leave after one year of college to go get a job somewhere then basketball if that's what they want to be their job then they have a right to do it after one year if they want to if that's if that's their especially if they're good enough sure especially you have different kids a lot of times their their story their background stories they're coming from an from a family in different area where they didn't have much money growing up and then you're telling this kid he has an opportunity to make millions of dollars and put his family into into a whole different life i'm not going to tell a kid no and when it comes down to doing that, I, would, I might give them advice on how to do it. There you and go. And making sure they're doing it the right way and being smart about it. That's the financial plan but, in them, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think it definitely changes the aspect of recruiting. Um, it kind of almost puts a, a junior college perspective on recruiting because you you maybe might have one of those guys two years. That's um, cool. you, you look at like Luke Kennard. He could have been a one-year guy, and he was right. Mr. Mr. Basketball in Ohio. That's and he beat LeBron James' record. That's right. So you think a guy might like that might be a one-year guy, but he, he had a little bit of development left, so he ended up being a two-year guy. Now he's going to the draft now. Um, it's just for a Duke reference, um, I think when you even look at the Tar Heels, uh, with Sendarius Thornwell that's over at South Carolina, Roy Williams told him to go to South Carolina over UNC. And I think that's a lot about how he, he runs his program because he got Marcus Page for three good years and he had Joel Berry learning under Marcus Page. Um, I think it a lot of it's going to come down to what the coach wants in their program. Um, coach Calipari is kind of infamous for having one and dones, but he's, he's doing pretty well. Um, he might not have the national championships to stack up for it. But at the end of the day, a coach's job is more than a national championship. We talk about basketball more than a game. A coach is going to want to help if they're really if they have that heart for their players and they have the heart for their kids. They're going to want them. They want to. They're going to want to help them accomplish their goals. And if that kid's goal is to get to the NBA, then what's wrong with them doing it after their first year if they can do it? You know, and again, people say, "Why is this guy on the show?" I'm telling you, <laughs> because he keeps dropping these dimes. And for I use that. Somebody said, "What are you saying, Coach Goins?" For the that means assist. <laughs> you know, he is constantly laying it down. You know, a lot of times, you know, coaches would love to to have what Aaron just said in front of the athletic director as well as their boosters when they're talking about, "Man, you're not winning the championship." You know, you you, you know what Aaron's saying there is just 100 percent exactly right. You know, because so many players, you know, come in and, and have that opportunity to, to reach the goal. Uh, and the coaches get them ready, and, and they're successful and win the uh, national championship along the way. But it's very hard when the young man uh, comes in and that kind of money is put in front of them. 
uh, an opportunity to to take his family to the next level. So again, just you know, Aaron is laying that down, and again this time, uh, well, actually this year when when uh, Duke came to Charlottesville, we had a scheduling conflict, and he wasn't able to to, uh, to roll with us uh, to that game. But we we missed him. He we, he was there. Uh, somebody else occupied his window in time, but uh, it wasn't like having Aaron. Uh, at the game as we always uh, always roll. So with that, let's kind of you know, switch a little bit and let's talk a little bit about NFL football, and then we'll go from NFL into into baseball. I know he's a Steeler fan, uh, and so am I. And no, uh, you don't have to be a Steeler fan to be on basketball more in the game. It does help, uh, but no, uh, we open again. Just just a little side a little side note there. So with that, um, tell me why. Tell me. How you became a Steeler fan, your favorite Steeler, and your most memorable moment in Steeler history. Ooh. So I that's def- a three-part. You involve in the most memorable Steeler moment. You're a part of that. I can answer that one pretty quick. But uh, how I became a Steeler fan, I mean, frankly, I was born into it. My <laughs> my dad's a Steeler fan. I got a terrible towel as some, one of my first gifts okay. growing up. I don't, I don't remember. I was too young to remember what it was. Um, yeah, I, I just kind of fell in love with that. And I remember my dad would show me old 1970s videos of the steel curtain, that defense back then, and Terry Bradshaw, Franco Harris, and those guys. Um, it actually ended up costing me the first time I ever played basketball because I didn't watch basketball much when we were younger because okay. it wasn't on TV in this area much because there's no teams um, around here. And so the first time the ball got stolen from me in basketball, my first basketball game when I was four years old, kids stole it from me. And the only time, the only thing I'd ever seen when the ball got taken, you run after and you tackle them because that's what I watched, these steel right. curtain videos. And so I went and I jumped and I tackled the kid and I ended up getting, I had to sit out the rest of the game. So I blame that on him, but kind of being a Steeler fan because of him. Um, and then the, the second one was uh, your, mo- the, your favorite Steeler and then the uh, most okay. memorable uh, Steeler moment. Favorite Steeler. That one's, that one's really tough. Um, Jerome Bettis is, would probably be the, the person that I would say. Um, just how he how he went about his business, how he did it, his his entire body of work over his career, how he finished his career is is really special because not many guys get to do it like that, yeah, especially in his hometown too. It's a, which it's is a great call out. It's absolutely mind blowing. Um, definitely, I would probably say Jerome Bettis. Um, okay. Favorite Steeler moment? Yes, sir. Would be probably Super Bowl XLI. I believe it was uh, no XLIII. It was forty three. I apologize. Um, we were at uh, Victor's house watching okay. the game, and oh went, yeah, oh yeah, and Ben threw a pass into the back right corner of the end zone that Santonio Holmes toe tapped and made the catch. I don't know how the ball got through three defenders back into that corner, but I remember that, and it was we just went crazy. I remember you you wrung my neck hugging me. We were celebrating. I still probably I can't. I'm still catching my breath from that hug there, and that, that was that was cool, especially being a kid and stuff and. Going to school the next day, decked out my Steelers gear after everyone was trash talking me that week and stuff. Like, oh, they're not gonna win. Blah blah. blah. I, was, I was the man when that, when that happened. That was that was that was cool. Yeah, I, I remember that well, and uh, we appreciate uh, Vic allowing us to come in and tear his house up uh, for that, <laughs> that catch. And it, and Aaron brings that up, and it kind of takes my mind back to the you know, interview shortly thereafter. Ben, so he he threw and he said in in his mind he thought it was going to be intercepted. Uh, one left his hand, you know, because Aaron called that out. You know, how did how did it get through those three defenders in the toe tap catch? And and next thing I know, we were we were celebrating. And again, you know, and that's the thing, you know, folks, as we talk about you know sports and, and that moment in time when you take a look at across the country, where, where do you see 
people come together uh, and celebrate and enjoy a game. It's just a game, but you know what what it gives back to us. Uh, it, it means a lot, and it's just a it's just been a great great uh, process to to learn the game, and then you know have friends like Aaron to be able to celebrate that and, and make road trips with, and to be able to do th- different things like that. Uh, just you know, really quick shout out. I actually had the opportunity. My son and I went to a game. And we were on the way back uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I told him, I said, you know, I said, you know what's cool? And he said, what's that? I said, going with you to the games. I said, uh, you know, because it's it's not about the ball game; it's just about that fellowship. Again, it's it's what you do when you're away from the game, and just what you're so precious. So with that, let me just move on. I I, I got to ask this question here: What? Who is your favorite coach of all time in any sport, and why are they your favorite coach? <laughs> Man, I don't. I've had a lot. I've had a lot of different coaches. Well, you don't have to. Yeah, I tell you what. Let me make. I've, it had, some, I've had some bad ones. Sometimes no. I've no, had you some, can, I've you had can some drop. Really good I, you know what? Let, let's let's lighten the load a little bit. I mean, he's doing a knockout job for us. So let's 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 kind of ease that up. Just give me a couple favorite coaches: basketball, football, and just yeah. You know, just just share with the folks. Um, I think best coaching staff as a whole, as far as people that really invested with me, would be my freshman year at uh, Patrick Henry. I had uh, Coach Lucas Jones and uh, Coach Casey Hodges. Um, Coach Hodges was in the Braves organization for a while. Coach Jones was an All-American in college. Um, just as far as them taking the time to really teach us the game beyond the, the basics of it um, and teaching us how to approach it as, as a person, even off the field, um, and how we went about our business. I think they had the biggest impact on me as far as how I go about my business as, as a student, as an athlete, as a person. Um, that, that was one of the best coaching staffs that I'd had as far as two people kind of really honing in and kind of honing our skills all around, not just in the sport. Um, individual coach, uh, probably Coach Bowers, because he, we talk about more than a game. Mm-hmm. He, he approached so much more than just the game of football as our coach. Uh, he impacts a lot of a lot of kids in my team's lives and allowed us to make that the most important thing that we did beyond, was beyond football. And that was, that was one of the coolest times in my life as far as playing for someone I never felt like I was playing for him I thought I was he was we were just they're all in it together um that was one of the coolest times as far as as far as me as a player how about that so again if you when you hear the word coach and as we always say well most of the time uh you know, a lot of times people don't realize that word is so powerful to influence the you know what they do for the young uh, young folks in society today it, it's critical so as we start to wrap this up I'm going to turn it over to Aaron for his uh, closing comments and anything that's on his heart that he'd like to be able to share. So, Aaron, you have the mic. Yeah, I think only thing I would really talk about now is, would just be what I'm transitioning through. Okay. Um, going from being basically a full-time student athlete to now it's more so of a, a student perspective and what I'm, how I'm going to use sports um, beyond now that I'm not currently playing at a competitive and collegiate level anymore. Yes, uh, what I'm what I'm getting into now is something that I've I've used. I started it just as a reminder for myself. I call it P3. It's a P with the exponent three kind of thing. Okay. I use the, the words where uh, purpose, pursue, and passion, making sure that my my passion follows my purpose and that my passion is purposed and whatever I'm pursuing. Looking at that now, that's kind of something. I just had the idea. I would write it on different things, write it in my glove, kind of thing, just to kind of remind me, kind of thing, whether it be in a game or practice. Um, moving forward with that into Something I'm going to use is something I'm, we're starting out with my uh, different people that I've begun that process with. The first thing we're doing is letters to athletes kind of campaign. Um, I tore my ACL uh, this past summer, and that was kind of that was the first major major injury that I had ever had. Mm-hmm. And 
hopefully my last. I'm not trying to go to the party twice. Um, and then my, uh, another party with mine, Alex Myers, she's had three different knee surgeries. Wow. Um, yeah, so it's, it's something that we understand on that perspective. So the first thing, we're actually getting our first letters. What we do, it, it could be like a Little League team. One of them, we're using Act Sports here, okay. uh, the soccer program, to write letters. There's a professional athlete. I don't want to say the, say the name at this moment until they receive them. They'll be getting them next week. Um, she plays with the Washington Spirit. Okay. Um, she'll be getting those letters from the different kids. And, and what we want to branch it into is when even a kid gets a major injury, that that athlete sends back a letter to them. Because I, I thought about how cool it would have been to get a letter from Derek Jeter or something like that. that while I was going through my process. Someone Yankee who's, fan. Who's, yeah, someone who's been through it before. Um, also, we're getting in touch with another Washington National that also tore their ACL this past week. So they'll be getting there too. So it's it's – it started out a little bit bigger mm-hmm. as far as with that component. I thought it was going to be more of a local thing with that. It started out a little bit bigger than I was expecting. Um, branching that into not necessarily a clothing line type of thing, but using clothing because clothing is a great reminder and seeing it um, for athletes in that perspective. Um, moving into that and sort of in a, in a nonprofit phase with it, that's kind of something that I'm wanting to use and branch out to use sports beyond sports. Um, helping out athletes, and something I talked about before, is helping athletes understand their identity beyond sports and after sports when they're done playing. Uh, pur- uh, purpose, pursue, and passion, that's, that's the three big things that we, we base everything on. So we kind of we looked at that, say, all right, what is our purpose? What are we pursuing and what are we passionate about? And each, each one kind of covering those three blanks there were people. So people are our purpose, people are what we're pursuing, and people are our passion. And so we had to take it a step further because you can't just have a mission statement being people, people, people. That just kind of it doesn't really work that way. So what, what we're into is our purpose is to love people, um, whether, you're, whether you're a Christian, whether you're Jewish, whether you practice, no matter what your religion is. You know, whether you're in this world, you benefit society by loving people. That's right. So that's that's our baseline with that. Our purpose is to love people. What we're pursuing is we're pursuing helping people with that. We're going to pursue them by loving them. That's how we're going to help them. And then ultimately our passion is developing people beyond that and helping them get better and then in turn making society better and making the sports world better. I think what we're starting with now is very grassroots. It's very... It's very small. It's starting a little bit bigger than we expected, but it's, it's, it's still very grassroots level with uh, with the letters and different things. It's, it's like cards and different things, but it's really cool. I, I received some letters while I was going through my process of, of rehab and with my surgery, and that, it was really cool. And even some I got from like a two-year-old kid that couldn't even do it. They just drew like lines. It's, 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 it's cool. It makes you – it kind of gets you through a little bit. It gives you that little bit of that boost to remind you why you're doing what you do, what you're doing. Um, so taking that perspective from what I've learned, from what I'm lear- learning through this process of transitioning now and helping other athletes through it as they go through it to in better society, better the United States, whatever it is, because there's a lot going on now. Uh, I think is. sports and, you know, you talk a lot, a lot of people talk about how the, the church could do it. I think the sport, sport world could do a lot more with it as far as unifying society, because a lot of people like to deny, well, there's not a problem within, a, within America with that, how it's split. You have to be literally blind. That's correct. Not to see that. I think sports has a huge bridge in that and connecting it. I think it doesn't have to just be connecting. I think it can bring it together. Because um, if you look at sports, sports is the most diverse thing in the, in the world. You look, at different, you look at the Olympics, especially in the United States. I've talked about before, when you watch a game, they'll play Sweden. Pretty much everyone on Sweden's soccer team is white with blonde hair. Correct, that's correct. how it is. But you look at the United States soccer team, there's a lot of different ethnicities, ethnicities a lot of different backgrounds. Sports is kind of the ultimatum for what we can do to bridge 
in our society in the United States today. And I think that taking P3 and looking at it in that perspective as well allows for much, much more to happen than just in the basic sport level and in a basic individual level. And I think that's kind of the goal of it. Um, so that's something I'm, I'm really developing a passion for right now. I think that's the baseline. Is that's another thing that sport has brought me an opportunity to do. And that's, that's kind of where I'm at now. Um, we have some other stuff coming up with Act Sports too, with Charity Day coming up. And it's, it's cool. I'm I'm loving life. I know you are. You may and again, folks. Uh, if if he if he had if he didn't score a triple double today uh, by <laughs> dropping this knowledge down, watch out, uh, Russell Westbrook, because uh, Aaron Eppert is coming at you. You know, just you know, again, just just listen to the concept, listen to the vision, the passion uh, that this young man has. So again, the the, the future is bright. Uh, we uh, we love him. Uh, we certainly appreciate what he's doing for uh, for himself, as well as the community, as well as Augusta County and surrounding areas. And as he said, you know, just a little shout out. Uh, we had he and I are actually getting ready to hit the road in the morning, heading up to New York City yes, sir. Uh, to BTIG Charity Day. It's an opportunity that came available last year. Uh, since 2003, uh, the organization has raised over $30 million and given $30 million away to different charity organizations. So Aaron and I have the privilege of going up and representing Act Sports along with our friend Ralph Sampson, uh, who is flying in from Los Angeles to be with us in New York. So uh, just again, we're just looking for great times as we had last year. And we'll do it all again this year. So with that being said, and as, as we always close out, we always have to make sure we drop description. John 14, uh, 6, it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so all, as we always close the show, please remember somebody somewhere is working on the game. I'll see you in the gym.